And we are back today. Welcome everyone to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda and I am here today with Dr. Linda. And we're gonna be talking about one topic that has been actually on the back of my mind and more in the front of my mind recently, which is habits, bad habits and how to break them. And the reason why I say this is before we even thought about the topic for today, I actually started reading a book that is about habits and how to instill new habits and how to actually break old habits that are not serving us any purpose. So I will be also actually sharing with you guys some of the information that I have been able to read and understand and even apply over the last week for my own life. And the name of the book, I want to just let you guys know because the book is awesome. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Awesome, awesome book. He really goes in depth about breaking new, breaking bad habits and creating new habits. So if you are struggling with any habits, if you want to change your habits, if you want to replace some habits, of course, listening to the podcast today will be providing you a lot of good information and getting a book like James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, would be something that you want to do. Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. I am excited about, about our topic. And like you were saying, um, I had just sent you, you know, we were messaging each other and I'm like, well, how about this? And I had no idea that you were reading that book. So I, I am super excited as well about that. But I am I'm doing great. And happy Wednesday. Good to see you. <laughs> happy Wednesday to you, of course. Yes. And so talking about habits, I am curious, what is a habit that you think right now that comes to the to your mind that you would like to change or break? Well, why don't we start off with exactly what a habit is? Because a lot of people don't even know, you know, what a habit is. And I was, you know, I was trying to like simplify it. Like, what is a habit? It's just really an automatic set of behaviors that are learned through repetition. Simple as that, you know, and they start at a young age, but they also continue as we get older. <laughs> so, but I think one habit I kind of got out of it that I actually want to get back into was doing amazing was getting up at four in the morning. I haven't been as consistent. So I've been kind of pushing back to like 4.30, then five. And like last night, I didn't get to bed until like 12.30. And I broke my own rule about getting to bed early. And I was like, oh man, I, and I know this because I always feel like crap the next day. And even though I slept a little bit, I slept in this morning, I still felt horrible, <laughs> you know, but, um, so getting, I think getting back into, um, just my routine of, okay, get up at four o'clock, meditate and have, um, have my quiet time. How about you? I think one of the biggest and most quote unquote horrible habits that I've had, and I've had it for, like you were saying, a habit is something that we form from an early age. And it's something that ever since I can remember, I've been doing it. And I do it when I am not aware that I'm doing it, of course. I'm totally unaware. And then when I come aware, I'm like, oh, my God, I just did it again. It's picking my nails. 
<laughs> and so it's, it's getting better. And since I started reading the book, actually, it, it helps. It's getting better. But it's something that, once again, it happens completely unconscious. So usually it happens when I'm like so focused on something, like if I'm so immersed in a book or if I am so immersed in doing something that requires my full concentration, aware concentration, like, you know, my unconscious mind kind of just goes back to the habit. And so it's finding ways to break that habit and it gets better. But then, I mean, ever since I can tell you over 30, probably 30 years of doing the same thing. So you, how old were you when you started this? I was probably like three or four years old. Okay. You're like three or four. So that makes me kind of like, as you're saying this, because, you know, that's a habit from, from, you know, as a little kid, you know, as a child. Mm -hmm. And so now I kind of think about, okay, so the habit that I was telling you right now, I mean, that's more of a recent one, but if I want to really go back to kind of like, like you go really go back, because this is all relevant as what we're going to share and why, why we um, have these habits. One would be just to smile more when I'm out in public. <laughs> I think that's, that's something that, you know, and not to be, sometimes people say, are you mad? And I'm like, no, I'm just in my own world. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I'm just in my own world and I don't even realize that like somebody will say hi to me or they say, well, I saw you at the store and you didn't even say hi to me. And I just get into my own little world. Mm -hmm. So thank yeah. you for kind of like triggering something there. <laughs> no, no. And you know, the, the reality of it is that 95% of every single day, we go unconscious and we go about doing things the same way every single day. And if you guys think about it, you probably get up from bed on the same side every day and you probably put your do the same thing over again. Like, for example, put your sleepers on, go to the bathroom. I don't know, maybe brush your teeth and then you come back into, you know, check your cell phone and then you go to the kitchen and make your coffee and everything happens in a certain routine. That routine is a habit. And so if something happens out of, you know, norm, for example, you were going to the bathroom, but then the fire alarm starts going off in your house, then you have to kind of consciously say, oh my God, what's going on? And what do I need to decide at this moment? But if nothing out of the ordinary is happening, you're going unconscious doing the same thing that you do every single day. You don't think about when you are taking a shower, you probably take a shower in the same way every single day. You know, you scrub one arm, you scrub the other, you scrub one leg, and it's always in the same order. When you put your pants on in the morning, one leg always go always goes first and then the other, and it's always the same leg. And so those are the habits that we literally do every single day. And some of the habits are just things that we need to do, like brushing our teeth or getting dressed or taking a shower. But some of those habits start taking up some time and over time, if they're not necessary, if they're not productive, then they start kind of building up on, on themselves and we don't see any good results in our lives. So that's exactly what we want to talk to you guys today. Yeah, and we begin to learn these really at such a young age. So let me ask you this, where do you think you picked up your habit? My brother, <laughs> he did the same thing. And he was- nail brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother. My brother did that. And he broke the habit when he was in his late 20s. Interesting. And same thing. How, with how many years older was he than you? How many years older? Two years. Oh, that totally makes sense. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. 
And I, and I remember I remember seeing him and then starting to do the same thing. And another example, for example, when he was younger, he didn't like onions. And just because he didn't like onions, I cannot stand onions right now. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you think he learned that behavior of picking his, at his nails? I think at the time, if I had to guess, and that would be just a guess, uh, he was probably doing it out of maybe nervousness. Okay. I, don't, I, I really don't know. I have no idea uh, because nobody else really that I can think of in my whole family, nobody else mm-hmm. does it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like watch and learn like it was, it was for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it started from him, but he started doing it as a very young kid. And then I kind of mimicked his, his uh, behavior. Yeah, but we do have a tendency of learning that somewhere. It could have been through television. Maybe he saw a show or something. Maybe he saw a relative that, you know, was doing this. So because we tend to mimic what other people are doing. And, you know, our our minds are so impressionable at such a young age. And you and I know how we studied so much the mind that it's we really um, you, you can see a child those first few habits that they start to um, build as, as they're young. And if you teach them to be resilient and when they're young and when kids like fall, okay, well get up. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to go and help them because we keep doing that over and over and over, which a lot of parents do nowadays because they don't want to be tagged as a, Oh, you're a bad parent or you're a neglectful parent. It's like, no, mm-hmm. that's the reality of life. He or she falls down, learn to get up on your own, learn to be resilient. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how, um, you know, we can hopefully tie all this together to, to give people some, um, some insights, not only for themselves, but for their little ones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about habits, because most of those habits that we have every single day are unconscious. You know, mm-hmm. really the only way for you to, take a look at what you are doing every single day and whether it's benefiting you or it's not benefiting you, or it's simply just something that you must do every single day, like brushing your teeth, then you it requires us to pay attention, perhaps even take notes on a notepad, you know, every single day, what is it that you do? Every single activity. And if you do that, if you put it on paper, if you put it on writing, then you become a little bit more aware than simply just going through the motions of doing things every single day. And so that probably was, and it's actually an advice that it's in the book, but it's something that I was actually more aware from even before reading the book is what kind of activities are you doing every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and the thing is that five minutes turning to 10 and 15 and 20 many times when we're doing an activity, we say, well, you know, I have a five minute break, so I'm just going to you know, go and I don't know, do something, maybe social media, and then we look up and 30 minutes later have gone by. <laughs> right? 100%. Yes. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I think that we keep bad habits, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but we usually keep bad habits, because one, we're familiar with them, two, they're comfortable, and three, they become automatic, you know, and then in the brain, you just continue to build that neural pathway. It gets so strong in the brain that it, it's, I'm going to go this way instead of the other way. It's like when you get in your car to just automatically, what do you do? As soon as you get in the car, you put your seatbelt on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, you know, why do you think we keep bad habits? 
I think one of the main things or reasons is that most of us have habits that are not beneficial or good, but they make us feel good. For example, not getting up early in the morning. You know, we know it's not beneficial. We know that that's not how we want to start the morning, but we feel tired or we feel like we want to sleep a little bit more or eating healthy. A lot of people just don't like the taste of like vegetables or whatever. So they go to junk food because it makes them feel better. Or for example, you know, not exercising. If you exercise, you know, you're going to be sore, you know, you're going to be sweaty, you know, you're going to be tired, you know, you know, the next day you're going to be, I don't know, sore when you walk, et cetera, et cetera. So it's better not to exercise in a sense, quote unquote, right? So it makes, it, it gives us a reassurance and it has to be a positive reinforcement many times. Smoking is a great example. Smoking is so bad for everybody's health. However, when you're anxious and you light up a cigarette, you feel in your mind that you're calming down. So it provides mm -hmm. a reassurance. It provides a satisfaction. It satisfies one of our needs, whether it's reassurance or whether it's comfort or whether it's security or whether it's going to the known. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's been what's known for us for years and years and years. So it's, it's going back to our comfort zone. And I think that's where we, we struggle many times with breaking out of habits because it requires us to, one, be very aware, two, breaking mm -hmm. out of something that is providing us with something, with some sort of reassurance in our mind, and then mm -hmm. replacing it with something different. And at the beginning, mm -hmm. when you're replacing a habit with something different, you don't know yet, you can't see yet the benefit that it's going to bring you. And mm -hmm. the reality is that many of those benefits are not immediate. For example, if you start eating healthy and you start exercising today, you're not you're not going to have the best health and the best body tomorrow. It takes time, right? Yeah. But if you do it over time, you see the results showing up in your life maybe 30 days from now, 60 days from now, three months from now, six, you know, six months from now. But it takes time. And so a lot of times we live in a very, in a society when we want the rewards right away. And if we don't see them, then we quit. We don't stick mm -hmm. to it. And I want to, talking about that, I want to show you or share with you actually something that I read yesterday and I um, highlighted it. It says the greatest threat to success is not failure, but boredom. Mm -hmm. Professionals stick to the schedule. Amateurs let life get in the way. Professionals know what is important to them and work toward it with purpose. Amateurs get pulled off course by the urgencies of life. So it's 100%. Talking, right, it's talking about that daily consistency of even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't want to do it, even if you're tired, even if you're sick, even if you are busy, showing up for yourself every single day. Yes, 100%. And that's how you start breaking out of old habits. And that's how you start building new habits. The more you do it, the more that you're building that pathway in your brain that it's going to at some point kind of turn, you know, turn over to that healthier habit that we're trying to, to build. Mm -hmm. So there's this interesting um, neuroscientist and psychologist, or when I say psychiatrist, because they do prescribe drugs, um, Dr. Judd Brewer, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he spent over 20 years of research at, with the, at Yale, MIT, and um, at Brown University. And they were specifically studying and researching you know, um, negative habits uh, or negative patterns, bad habits and addictions. 
And what's interesting, because um, he has a podcast, he has a book as well. There's really, th- he talks about three components of, you know, bad habits. They're always usually connected to three things. Number one, there's going to be a trigger. Okay. And I'll give you an example, whether it's a bad habit or a good habit, there's going to be a trigger. There's going to, then you're going to take action or there's going to be some sort of behavior. And then number three, there's going to be some sort of outcome or reward. So it's kind of implementing an example. Let's just say something that we do normally. So for me, the alarm goes off. Okay. That's a trigger. The alarm is, you know, telling me, wake up. What's the next thing I do? A behavior is I go straight to the shower and I take a cold shower <laughs> to wake me up. So that's a behavior. So I've been triggered to, to do this behavior. The outcome and the reward of that behavior of me taking a cold shower is I'm, I wake up, I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to go and meditate or brush my teeth. And sometimes I just do that even before brushing my teeth, drinking water, just so that I can wake up. And you can even reframe that in, in a negative way where there's there's a trigger let's just say you're in traffic you know and you get triggered because somebody's riding your behind and now you know living in a bigger city you you probably experience that more than i do in our little town but so you get triggered and automatically your behavior is like you get mad and the outcome or reward of it is like you honk at them or you you give them an unfriendly sign with your fingers <laughs> you know so you're getting something from that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just love how he talks about that. And it's probably a lot, there's some overlap with what you're reading in the book, The Atomic Habits. But, um, you know, there, there are components of that in being able to break it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you mentioned that it's important to know is that a habit for it to be a habit doesn't have to happen every single day, but it does happen every time there is that trigger, Mm -hmm. right? So you may never have a behavior unless there is a specific trigger for it. But when that trigger happens, you go back to your default behavior. And then you say, well, never again. For example, if it's being angry, you're reacting angry in any situation, right? You say, no, I'm, I'm going to work on my temper, on my behavior. I'm not going to follow, you know, through with it or whatever. And then something happens. It could be a month later, two months later, three months later. But because that is the default, that is the pathway that it's being created and not only created, but really, really um, strengthened in your brain you go back to that default. Mm -hmm. And the only way to not go back to it is if you are aware at the moment that Mm -hmm. it's happening. So for example, if you say, I am not going to get aggravated by traffic anymore. Every time you get stuck in traffic, you must be aware to say, I am not going to do it again. I am in a different place. I am in a different state. I am a new person. I am creating new habits today, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are unconscious, if you're not aware when it's happening, you will go back to your default. Absolutely. You know, and how you break a bad habit. So people, they're hearing like, oh my gosh, you know, it, now in, in the society, we can Google everything. We can go online. We literally can learn so much. So nowadays, it's not even just the fact of tell me how to do it. I'm very analytical. Like I want to know how to do it. So how do you break a, a bad habit? What you were talking about is, is an awareness, but 
how do you get to an awareness? There is a way to get to an awareness. And this is the number one way that you're going to get to awareness. You may not agree with me, but I've been doing this for such a long time that this is what I have seen, how you become aware. And it's through mindfulness and the way you go, the way you become mindful is through meditation. As much as you and I have spent hours and hours and we've immersed in, you know, in retreats and on a daily basis, and we even track you know, our meditation and whether our brain and heart are in coherence and whether our brain waves are, you know, have slowed down into more like alpha, theta. And so that is the number one way that you can break a bad habit is by practicing meditation because meditation just means to know thyself and to become aware and many people are afraid to be with themselves and i'll tell you this since the last time we talked or a few weeks ago we talked about and we both have these little monitors right that's tracking our meditation and you told me the other day like yeah i don't know if it was like 70 or 80 percent of the time you were in coherence you were high and i'm like i haven't even reached 70 i said the best i think i've had is like Actually, I did bump up, but most of the time it's like high 40s, 50%. Now I'm up to 60%. And the other day I was having a meditation, but my mind was going all over the place. But mm -hmm. I, and it was like that hour and a half meditation, I had to come back. And part of me was saying, oh, this is really a crappy meditation. Because I kept thinking like how my mind was wandering, but then I would bring it back. And I just became aware. But when you do that at a subconscious level, you start to do that even um, because 95% of our thoughts are run by uh, our subconscious programs that you, that starts to spill into that 5% of what you're doing consciously every day. So I thought that was interesting. Like mm -hmm. when you told me that, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's one of the reasons I do not skip meditation every single day and i believe that you're as committed as i am mm -hmm. no matter where we are even if it's a short 20 even minute meditation for us 20 minutes is short but for some people they're like man i can only do five minutes mm -hmm. but um that's what i have find, found that you have to like you said be aware and even jotting jotting it down but you have to amplify your awareness by being mindful. And you do that by meditation because you learn to get to know you and it scares some people. So that's why they don't do the meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can also, and that's something that I actually learned from and listened um, as I listened to Dr. Wayne Dyer in one of the videos, mm -hmm. he was being interviewed once and he said he has affirmations all over, even in his car. And one of the affirmations that he had in his car and he had it in different places in his house was practice aloha, right? And so it's having that sentence in your mind, having that affirmation in your mind, practice aloha. It doesn't really matter, right? If somebody mm -hmm. cuts you off, if you know somebody's five minutes late or anything in the grand scheme of things, those things are not going to matter by tomorrow or probably in about an hour or two they're not gonna be important. Mm -hmm. So why do you want to go back to your default? Why do we want to go unconscious? It's practicing aloha. And that helps raise the awareness to be, okay, here's where I am, here's what's important. And I'm here to make better choices, to be a better human, to show up in a different way, to do better things. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. something that uh, as you were talking, I remember that video and, and I was like, that's, that's beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. practice aloha. 
What would you um, substitute for instead of practice aloha fill in the blank, Fernando? What would you what would you put in there? Um, well, I, I I love the word positive, hence positive blueprints. So it's just show up in a positive way. Be positive. Be positive. Be positive. And I think that's probably one of the main things that I always keep in the back of my mind. It's how can I show up positive? How can I be positive? How can I be a positive influence? How can I be um, positive towards my kids, towards others in my work, in my in my behavior, in every way that I can, right? So be positive. And that's, that's always something, a, a word that always sticks with me. I love that. I love that when you say that, because I know with a lot of, you know, with our work, we work with so many different people and with patients because our practice is so different. We're doing a lot of virtual consults is I want to make sure that when they're done with me, they usually spend an hour the first um, their first visit with me. It's just like I want them to like feel better than they did when they first showed up with me on their conversation. And, mm -hmm. and we can apply that to anything, even a five minute conversation or a three minute conversation. It's like, I want their day to be better as a result of having some sort of contact with me. Maybe it's even walking, walking, you know, um, in the morning, going to the gym or something, anybody that makes eye contact too. Mm -hmm. And even just our, our eyes, our smile, the way we carry ourselves, that speaks volume because most of our, um, how we communicate, there's a lot of uh, behaviors that we uh, that we show up with and also just how we present ourselves just physically. And we don't even have to speak. Half the time you can just like, if someone's like this with their arms crossed, they're like, don't talk to me, it's back away, <laughs> you know? Or if someone's more with their hands just open or to the side um, or smiling, you can engage with that person uh, and you'll feel more comfortable approaching them. Right, right. I do want to give you guys a few other points that I actually learned from the book because I think that the book is very spot on actually when it, when it talks to habits, whether it's habit formation or breaking bad habits. However, we're focusing on breaking bad habits today. So I want to give you the four points that he talks about in the book. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I would recommend every single person to get this book. If you have a habit that you want to instill or a habit that you want to break, it is an excellent book. But one of the first things that he said is make the habit invisible. If you can't see it, most likely you won't do it. Like we were talking about before, most habits, if not every single habit, requires a trigger. So if the trigger is not there, you're not going to do it. Right? So whether it is you know, eliminating a certain place or person or thing or doing things in a different way or taking a shortcut or taking the long way or whatever it is, but eliminating, making it invisible, as invisible as possible. So that's one, the so, first thing that he says. So an example would be like, don't have cigarettes around or don't have cookies in your pantry or don't have exactly. ice cream right, in your refrigerator. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you have only healthy food in your house, you're making the, the the bad foods, the crackers and the, you know, the sugary things yeah. invisible. And that requires you to take an extra action. It requires you to go out of your way to be able to go to the store and do it, which many times we don't even have the time or the energy or it's a hassle, right? But if you have it in your pantry, I guarantee you that you would go in yeah. there 
unconsciously and next thing you know the whole thing is it's gone right <laughs> so yes yeah. excellent example the second mm -hmm. thing is make it make it unattractive so unattractive i'm sorry make it unattractive so if we know that something is not good for us if we know that uh, it's giving us you know an issue perhaps it's a health issue a mental issue a well-being issue an emotional problem or you know we're not being consistent make it unattractive so how would you make something unattractive how can you make sure that for example i'll give you an example if any one of you have uh, a habit of social media make it a habit that after 30 minutes for example a day of social media scrolling down your phone locks for the entire day Right. And so you know <laughs> that you have to use your social media wisely if you want it to last for the entire day. So if you make it unattractive with a punishment, quote unquote, you know, if I do this, I am going to, for example, if I eat a cracker, I'm going to have to do 20 push ups. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, and of course, the, the trick is sticking with it. So having some sort of accountability, maybe an accountability partner or a system where you have to give your phone to your spouse if you go over the daily limit or whatever it is, right? So make it unattractive. How can you make it unattractive? Think about it. Be, be you know, be, uh, how do you say that? Be creative. Be creative yeah. when it comes to it. How can you make a habit that you want to break unattractive? So let if me give you, you a quick example. Like you were it. just saying that, make it uh, unattractive. So I love the one what you said about social media because there a lot of people do have an issue with that. But it's like looking at like for health. Let's say there is, and I'll, I'll challenge someone to do this. Like say you're you want to just go have the cookies. So I'm like, okay, grab the whole bag of cookies or the, and and just put the cookies out. Grab a bottle of like um, Raid cockroach spray or something and, and spray it all over the cookies and just really smell it and just be aware of it because there's something similar in NLP that um, you really can get rid of cravings super fast with NLP. And you just look at it and you're like, oh, that's so gross. My favorite chocolate chip cookies with that raid spray, that smell, that's core. Oh, what would that taste like? So it would <laughs> it would really change things. So that's another way to make it unattractable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Tony yeah. Robbins actually used to, I don't think he does it anymore, but he used to use make it an attractive method when it came to habits for people who wanted to stop smoking back in the day. And I'm talking back in the day. He would say, okay, you want to smoke? Go ahead and smoke one right now. And then as soon as they were done with the cigarette, smoke another one. And then they were done, <laughs> smoke two. And then they were done, smoke four. And then they were done smoke six. And then people got to the point where they couldn't breathe and they were so, and he was screaming at their faces. What do you feel? What do you feel? How do you feel right now? Do you like it? Do you, like it? Well, you wanted to smoke, right? And so he, make, he made it so unattractive for them. Mm -hmm. He made it in such a, like a bad experience that people would stop smoking immediately. Yeah. He doesn't use this method anymore for obvious reasons. You know, that was <laughs> but that was a way of making it unattractive. People would smoke a cigarette for comfort and he created the total different experience. He created this experience of, of anxiety and panic and yelling and, you know, mm -hmm. being pushed and forced to do something that at the end they didn't want to do it anymore. It's kind of like some of those people that get so drunk on one liquor that they can never smell that liquor ever again in their life. So yeah. they made it so unattractive that they can't even see the side of, you know, the bottle or whatever anymore. 
So that's not an example. The next thing is making it difficult. So it kind Mm -hmm. of goes hand in hand with making it invisible in a sense. Mm -hmm. If we make it difficult for us to do our bad habits, then of course it takes more effort on our part. It requires more conscious effort to go out of our way to do it or to go, you know, and, and it takes more energy or it may take more money. It may take more time. It may take more of our day. And we are Mm -hmm. all about making things easier and faster for ourselves. So how can you make your habits more difficult? Can you think Well, we kind of covered it with, you know, making it invisible or making it unattractive. (laughs) Right. Right. And so if there is anything else that you can think about to make your habit difficult, for example, for me, I cannot make my fingers invisible. Right. I was talking in the beginning of the show about picking my nails, but I can make it more difficult. For example, if I'm constantly walking around with gloves around my hands when I am reading, because it happens when I'm usually doing something that requires a lot of concentration. When I'm reading, it's the perfect opportunity. So if I know that if I'm going to sit down and read a book, maybe I can wear gloves or maybe I can grab a fidget. And so I'm fidgeting with a a fidget spinner or whatever it is. And I'm not, you know, I don't have access to my, to my nails. Mm-hmm. So something like that, making it more difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. And then the last thing that we covered is make it unsatisfying. Okay. So when we make it unsatisfying, it's for example, if you have an accountability partner and you say, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do every single day at the end of the week, I'm going to have to pay you a hundred dollars. So it's not satisfying to not do the habit anymore because you know that if you don't do it, something something of consequence is going to happen, right? Whether it's you paying up or you having to show up, sorry, you having to show up and maybe, I don't know, if you hate to be on camera doing a live video and putting yourself out there and telling people, you know what, I felt, <laughs> I, I didn't do it or whatever it is. So how can you make it unsatisfying? How can you make it to a point where it's so unsatisfying that you would rather do your habit, like a yeah. new habit or break out of a habit, than actually do the habit that you were that you were doing before? The payoff, the payout has to be much, much worse than the habit yeah. itself, than the reward of the habit itself. Yes. And and kind of going back to what Dr. Jed Brewer was talking about, you know, with there's three components of habits. The last one being there's an outcome and a reward. So if we want to, you know, make it unsatisfying would be, okay, it's got to be something that, like you were saying, that's like uncomfortable. It's like, oh, man, I have to, I have to pay so-and-so a hundred bucks. Or if you tell, mm-hmm. and I think that's where accountability in coaching, a, a coach will keep you accountable. It's like, okay, you said that you were going to do this. And then a lot of the times too, for me, it's, it's my integrity. You know, it's just like, okay, I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. Uh, that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when I say I'm going to do something and I, it's really hard for me to face and have a conversation with that person. So for me, that would be very unsatisfying. If I say I'm going to do something, it's like, no matter what, no matter what, I have to do this or I, I get to do this. I, I so I, I love I love those four points. So once again, do you want to share the title of the the um the book and the author? Of course, the book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one thing that I would like to mention, uh, almost to finalize, is about an accountability partner 
or if you don't want an accountability partner, if you choose to be accountable to yourself, put it in writing, sign it. It makes you feel so much more formal to your commitment if you put it in writing and if you sign it. And when you sign it, even if you don't have an accountability partner, give that paper to someone else. They don't have to be accountable for you, but you can say, okay, this is what I'm doing for the next 30 days. And you don't have to check up on me. You don't have to call me every day. You don't have to see my progress, but I'm telling you that this is where I'm going to, going to be in the next 30 days. That makes it that much more real that if you just laying down in bed one night, say, you know what, starting tomorrow, I'm just not going to eat more candy anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Over time, over a week or two weeks, your system is going to take over and say, you know what, it's not a big deal. You can have one candy and then one turns into a whole bag and then one bag turns into everything, you know? So if you put it in writing, if you say it in a more formal way, if you even sign it, it makes it much more likely that you're going to follow through because it feels more formal. Yes, it's a contract. You're basically making a contract with yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you make a contract with someone, you expect them to, you know, it's like, you got to do your part on this contract. And, you know, I, I think this is all when building habits too, it's just like, you really have to change. There's just a whole change in your paradigm, how you think about things. And in life, it's like we always get in life what we tolerate. And if we tolerate um, bad behavior, we tolerate bad habits, and we tolerate not keeping the promises we make to ourselves, that's going to show up in our life, you know, and we are, and that's what we get in our life. So, you know, kind of like on a positive side, it's just like, all right, I love that very last one about just write a contract, write a contract to yourself. I would have patients write, um, like when the new year started, I would have them write, what do you want to accomplish this year? Write, write a, a, a document or a letter as if you already were in the following year, let's just say 2022, and you're writing a letter to someone saying, you know, this was the best year ever. I did this, I did that, you know, I got in shape, I paid off all my bills, and you keep writing and writing. And you feel good about it. And it's something like you, you have written a contract to yourself and you put it in the future. So mm -hmm. I, I love that about writing it and just and signing it. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, those are a lot of awesome, um, a lot of awesome habit forming um, techniques that we shared with, with people here. So I hope that they will at least implement one mm -hmm. and, and give us some feedback. Let us know. That would be awesome. Yes. And how do you want to end today, Dr. Linda? I will leave it up to you. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, let's just say with a, with a quote, you know, or a quote or mantra. And, you know, I always remember um, that I listen to so much every day. And I remember this where I think it was Ed Milet. Maybe it was David Goggins or a combination of both how they were saying it's just like, you know, whatever, what, what's going to happen to you when you say you get to your end of the road and, and, you know, God, your creator, whomever you're accountable to says, you know, if you just would have did this, this is a person that you would have become. This is a person that you would have been destined to. Would you be happy or disappointed with yourself? So that just keep just, it's in my mind. And I think are my daily habits in alignment with that best version of who God intended me, who my creator intended me to be for this world. Wow. 
Wow. What, what about I, you? <laughs> yeah, I like a quote by Warren Buffett. And he said, chains of habit are too light to be filled until they are too heavy to be broken. Read that again. Chains of habit are too mm -hmm. light to be filled until they are too heavy to be broken. Ah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so starting small, little by little, making small decisions and knowing that if you're making small decisions, positive decisions every single day, you're going to be building positive habits that are going to change the course of your life. And the same thing happens in a negative way. If you go one day without exercising and one day turns into two and two turns into two months and then two months turn into 10 years, at 10 years, you're going to be like, well, you know what? It's too late. And that's when it becomes heavy. So you can make a decision to change your life today. Start with little, little, little changes. And over time, they will amount to huge, huge results. That's okay, it. You said it better. <laughs> All right. So we will see everyone next week then. Yes. All right. Thank you, Dr. Linda. All thank right. You. Thank you. Bye, right. everyone. Bye.